listening to the Click Track Podcast, a podcast about the music we love and what makes it tick. Welcome to the 13th episode of the second season of the Click Track Podcast. This week, just in time for standardized tests, an interview with Charlie Bliss. Everybody, welcome to Click Track. I'm Pete, and I'm Matt. How's it going? Ah, uh, it's going pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked in a bit. You just got back from vacation. I came back from vacation, and um, I know I've told you this, but I'm just gonna say mm-hmm. I think this is the first vacation since I've had kids where I actually returned from the trip feeling rested. That's great. So you know, I'm. If you're noticing a more sort of relaxed, mellow vibe, it's totally. The islands are still in my veins. And uh, yeah, it was a great trip. And I uh, got to spend a lot of time in the sun and a lot of time reading and sleeping and all those things that uh, make a vacation a vacation. That's great. Did you listen to any music on the vacation? Uh, you know, uh, I didn't listen to a ton. Um, I think the primary thing I've been listening to lately has been uh, Kendrick Lamar. He dropped a new album called Damn. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to do a spin? Let's do a spin, Let's uh, and then we'll do the interview, and then we'll do an explainer. How about that? I think it sounds great. Okay, let's do that spin. The spin. The spin. The spin. The spin. The spin. The spin. So, uh, yes, it's true. Kendrick Lamar released a new album, and uh, I think it's a pretty interesting album. It's kind of a departure from To Pimp a Butterfly. It's a little bit more... Um, it's a little it's a little bit more elemental, a little bit more basic. Uh, it's a little bit more of a straightforward rap album, I guess you'd say. And uh, the track that I want to play today is Element. New Kung Fu Kenny! Ain't nobody praying for me! Y'all know what happens on Earth stays on Earth! Here we go! I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. I'm willing to die for this shit. I done cried for this shit. Might take a lie for this shit. Put the Bible down and go out for a knife for this shit. DOT, my enemy won't catch a vibe for this shit. Ayy, I've been stumped out in front of my mama. My daddy commissary made it to commas. Bitch, all my grandma's dead. So ain't nobody praying for me. I'm on your head. Ayy. 30 millions later, know the feds watching Auntie on my telegram like, be cautious I be hanging out of Thames, I be on Stockton I don't do it for the ground, I do it for Compton I'm willing to die for this shit, nigga I'd take your fucking life for this shit, nigga We ain't going back to broke, family selling dope That's why you many ass rap niggas better know If I gotta slap a pussy ass nigga How does this compare to, to his, uh, you know, master works? Uh... That's a good question. I okay. I think what I loved about Tempa Butterfly was um, the jazz elements. I mean, it's actually an album that turned me on to the jazz artist Kamasi Washington. Um, this one is definitely more of a straight-ahead rap album that is more sort of um, sample-centric. I do think there are live drums, and then there's uh, there are some interesting like piano riffs here and there. Um, I think this album might have less sort of 
uh, like indie crossover appeal because I, I just think it's like just a straight ahead rap album and I, I think he's you know he's definitely concerned with a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things he's you know definitely still kind of gra grappling with being famous and being a role model and also sort of being a rapper and sort of the the implications of of sort of having this badass reputation and that sort of thing so you know um i think he's also definitely it's it's a, an album that is of its time and it's dealing with like trump and it's dealing with um police brutality and it's dealing with um sort of uh institutional racism i mean you know kendrick lamar definitely takes on the social issues and this album he does uh that in spades and uh, i think he has a lot of interesting things to say now, do you do you have anything you've been listening to? Yeah, I do. What do you got? Hey, is it too early to say album of the year? Yeah, dude. It's only May. Well, I think I got one. Oh, jeez. I think I got a contender. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, it's not that new Sufjan Stevens live album, is it? <laughs> <laughs> is there a new Sufjan? There, there actually is. So a live he, did, one? he did Carrie and Lowell oh. live. Oh, you won't you won't be able to see his butterfly wings or whatever. No. no, but but the the one thing I will say, I think that the the song in that concert that really uh, like was better live than it was on the album uh -huh. was Fourth of July, uh -huh. where um, you're gonna love this, where he basically gets to this place where he just keeps repeating, "We're all gonna die, uh -huh. we're all gonna die, uh -huh. we're all gonna die," and it just keeps going. And it, I mean, at the concert, I think it went on for three or four minutes, and it was really moving. <laughs> and that version of the song is on the live album so it's just for you I, I think you better give it a listen before you go we're talking about albums of the year okay <laughs> <laughs> seriousness what, do, what, what, what is your album of the year <laughs> as of may 2017 okay so there's just out of the blue out of nowhere is this um record on bloodshot records by an artist named sarah shook sarah shook yeah like shook the tree right sarah like shook, shook you in your boots right yeah okay and um and records called sidelong okay and I think it's it's like a perfect record. I think it's Whoa. a perfect perfect record. Cool. It's a it's a country record. It's kind of an alt country record, but it's it has elements of classic country um, 
it has uh, some songs are a little bit rockabilly-ish, mm-hmm. but she's kind of like a southern tough girl kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of rolled my eyes at first hearing about it, and then I I have listened to it every single day for wow. over a week. Wow, that's and awesome. It, and at least one or two times, if not three or four or five times through during like my work day. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's great. Wow, uh, okay. I will definitely uh I will definitely check it out. Now, is there any element cuz you know, you used to be in kind of an alt country band. Mm-hmm. Is there is there any element in um in the album where you're kind of like kind of envious from sort of like a creative perspective like man, I I wish I had made that album. Like is there any any component of that or is it more just like sheer appreciation? You know, I, you know, if there's anything I envy her for, and it's not something I necessarily ever tried to take on in my own career, but it's her turn of phrase. Mm. It's like that. It's like that old school, classic country, like clever turns of mm. phrase. Cool. That are just uh, nothing short of poetic and and super smart. This one's called the nail by Sarah Shook and the Disarmers uh, from her record Sidelong on Bloodshot Records. We're a twelver and a new in shots Cursing God and casting lots Why don't you get your ass outside and dig a hole Find your bottle if you're able Break your ass under the table The whole damn thing has gone unstable Like you are You're never, never home and when you One thing I hear in that that track, I mean, I definitely hear like it's it's that track is definitely classic country. You know, it, it has that that sort of there's there's nothing like modern uh, radio country about it. It's super like 1970s feeling to me. Yeah. And uh, she's got you know to your point about turns of phrase. You know, I don't know uh, what does she say. I don't know who's going to be the nail in this here coffin. Which <laughs> 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 is funny. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I actually, uh, while we were listening to that, I just added it to my library. Nice. So I'll be I'll be checking that out tomorrow. Nice. Well, speaking of like uh, strong front ladies. Yeah. Uh, you got to interview a band. Yeah. Just, went, just last night. Yeah, I just I went back to the uh, rickshaw stop. Yeah. In that nice little uh, green room with the Coke machines that are running, and it yeah. just kind of sounds like. Rrr. Oh man, totally. The whole yeah. time. Yeah. And um, that's where we got to interview Pine Grove yeah. at the beginning of this season. Yeah. That's some, cool. Some youngsters up there. So I was up in there again with some youngsters. All right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's actually a great place. I mean, I, if it wasn't so damn noisy up there, it, it's a great place to do an interview. It's really cool looking. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Charlie Bliss just put out a, a record on, on Barsook Records, which is Death Cab for Cuties oh. label, uh, Mates of State. Etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they put out a record called Guppy just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. It actually that one's in contention for album of the year for me. Um, and um, 
you know, I, I had this idea to, to give them a, a, a test. Well, and Pete, it's interesting you had that idea because yeah. you are uh, you are an educator. Yeah. And right now, my daughter and your daughter are yeah. both suffering through standardized tests. Right. So I think it must have been in the air. So yeah, you know, it's just that I have that rhythm. You do. Yeah. So you gave them a test. Yeah. And a kind of a standardized sort of test about. What, I mean, what were you testing? Their their mm-hmm. bandworthiness. Yeah, all kinds of all kinds of things. Let's right. uh, let's take a listen to it. The interview. The interview. The interview. The rickshaw stop with Charlie Bliss. Thanks for joining me on Click Track today, you guys. Thank you for Thank you having us. And um, we're here with Eva Hendricks and Spencer Fox, who plays guitar, and Sam Hendricks on drums, and Dan Schur on bass. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for having so us. Listen, we're going to try something new here because my last couple of interviews, they've gotten a little bit out of control. I, you know, the, the artist, you know, sort of takes over. And really, this podcast is all about me and my needs. <laughs> so, so we're going we're gonna to do things a little different. I decided I would format it in the form of, of, a, of, a, of an exam. Oh, okay. No. Okay. All right. So we're, gonna, we're just going to try this out. There's going to be some true-false. It's going to be some multiple choice. Oh, and then in the end, you, you'll get your fair share. You'll have some essay questions. Okay. Okay. Got yes. it. All right. So let's, let's start with a little true-false. True or false? While driving home from picking up our new puppy, my family was listening to your soft serve EP and decided to name our dog Charlie. Oh, my God. I, I hope true. Yeah. I'm going to say true. Be true. Whoa. No. Whoa. Here's to you. Correct. That is correct. Thank you. typically play Fender equipment up front mm-hmm. and uh, you choose Fender guitars because A, the look, B, the tone, C, heroes of yours play them, D, all of the above, D. or E, none of the above. Uh, we might have different answers, but I would say D. I would say D. Okay. All of the above? 
Triple D. All right. Triple D. Okay, good. I don't know guitar, so <laughs> if I did, it would be good. D. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, true or false? Your guitarist, Spencer Fox, was once the voice of Dash and the Incredibles. Well, you know why that's funny is because um, my partner Matt actually works for Pixar and it's, oh, cool. yeah, and it's one of the like main like layout camera guys and so it's just no a cool way. cool oh, connection man. so we keep that's it awesome. in the family Very nice. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. All right short answer. What's the best Weezer album? Oh. I mean I've gone back and forth so many times. Yeah, no, yeah. I want to say Ratitude. <laughs> no, no. That's really hard. I mean, it's between Blue and Pinkerton. Yeah, actually. for I mean, sure. For me, but... for me, it's it's always going to be Blue album. But Pinkerton has better B sides. Yeah, but that's not on the album. I don't know if I. Agree. Okay, whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> best there are some really album. good Blue album B sides yes, too. Yes. Yes. I go back and forth whoa. constantly. However, right now I'm going to say Blue album. Yes. Definitely. Okay, because here would be my my answer would be Blue Album 2. And that's because I don't think there's one song on Blue Album that I could say they maybe should have left this off the record. Like Pinkerton Get You yeah, were all if like Get You wasn't on Pinkerton. It's, it's not even I like might, terrible song. It's just like with that many great B-sides, why would they pick Get You? It's so mediocre and a not frequent like topic of band discussion. And yeah. it's not the okay, okay, you're you're formulating a That's thought. That's good. We just lost our spot on the any opening Weezer tour. <laughs> no, I said I said that Weezer I still cruise. like Get You, but just in the when you could choose, like I just threw the love of my dreams, you Fair. could choose devotion, Trend like any of those songs, like why would you pick that song? That's that's my only flaw. And that would be by one song. Okay. Blue Album, answer. final answer? Blue Album, final answer. Okay, that's correct, yeah. <laughs> I would have given half credit for Green Album, kind of on style points, staying yeah. within the canon. We but, love Green you know, Album. Pink yeah. Pinkerton, to me, that would have been no no credit, zero credit. Uh, so, nice job. Uh, short answer, best food you've had out on the road this time around? Whoa. Uh, today? Oh, well, to, mm, I'm trying to think this, if that this like, tops, know, tops the list. It might. It, it definitely might. We had amazing we, burritos today. We had the chicken Chino's. wings in Omaha that were very good. They were, Those yeah, salads were good, good, but that's a boring answer. Um, I'm going burrito today. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we, the went, we went to Chino's Taqueria in the, I think the neighborhood's called Richmond. Great. Um, yeah, very good. All right. Uh, true or false? Your songs Glitter and Ruby were written in a laboratory by a think tank of pop music scientists. <laughs> False, it was a shark tank. <laughs>
the essay question part of the exam. Uh, so it's a little more it's questions get a little more serious here. What, what does it mean to you uh, in the press to be compared uh, a lot of the time to mid '90s rock? I I think like you know you always like of course whenever like someone or like people like really kind of like align you with any certain thing you get nervous that you're gonna be like boxed in or like stereotype but like at the same time like what can we do like that's the music that's really appealing to or you know what is really appealing to us is like very big over the top like distorted guitars and like very catchy and hooky melodies and like to like that signifies 90s to everybody so like you know what can we do like make music that's not like like appealing to us and like and that is a huge we all listened to that music growing up and really love it and yeah i think i think we're we're cool with it. We're fine with it. Yeah. I think always the goal is to like, of course, be inspired by something, but add your own thing to it, which I hope we've done on the record. I, I think we've done. Um, so yeah, I think as long as you're doing that, that's great. Great. So the thing you said about, especially this, the distortion kind of leads me to my next question, which is uh, on click track, we're always kind of trying to find like why people m why the musicians actually make this make something sound the way it does, as opposed to a slightly different tone or a slightly different rhythm? What are we supposed to listen to here? And so my question for you is, especially like with the use a lot of distortion. I think what I hear is a lot of fuzz too in there. And so why that particular texture um, for what you do and not something else? I'm sure Spencer has an answer as well. But I think to, I think it con like it, it contrasts with my voice really nicely would be part of it, and I think too like a lot of our melodies are really catchy and kind of like verging on like kind of like sugary and like whatever, and I think it's a really nice like it cuts that in like a really nice way. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I just think like. Distortion is like such like an amazing tool for just making something sound like really like, volatile and just like evocative and it's just like because of the bands I you know that we all grew up listening to, it's just like that's what you do in the chorus is like put on the second distortion stage. story that came to me recently that I haven't talked to you guys about yet but you remember when we played the song wait yeah cool so we were playing that in your basement and I <laughs> forgot to bring one of my pedals and um, we found I think your brother had a big muff yeah, and that was the yeah. first time we ever played with fuzz 
And I remember like that practice, we were all like really stoked. Yeah. And totally. That's and funny. In my head, I was kind of like, huh, okay. Yeah. I should remember this. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's very cool. Um, well, okay, so I'm, I, as you answered that last essay question, I tallied up the results. And I've actually got a surprising 100%. Nice. You come out with an A plus. Yeah. Charlie Bliss, I love the new record. Thanks for coming on Cliff Track. Thank, Thank you so, so much for having you. us. a lot of fun man they sound like a, a cool group of people yeah and the show the show later on was fantastic really they, yeah. they they've got good chops up there yeah i was not disappointed yeah that's I, great. I like kind of memorized that record mm -hmm. so i had high hopes mm -hmm. and yeah it did not disappoint that's great yeah um so they in that interview they they mentioned a couple of things and and uh one of them they talk about a big muff pedal they also talk about fuzz, and then you were asking them about distortion and fuzz, and I'm a little, pardon the fun, I'm a little, pardon the pun, fuzzy about the difference between like distortion uh, and fuzz and then like reverb. I feel like those are things that we hear a lot about, and I, I think I know, well, anyway, could you just kind of go through those things? Yeah, I, I feel an explainer coming on. <laughs> The explainer. The explainer. The explainer. The explainer. The explainer. The explainer. Yeah. So this is good. Fuzz. Uh, you know, fuzz is a sort of a type of distortion. Mm -hmm. Some nerdy folks will say that's totally different, but it's not. And big muff is like it's like the quintessential type of fuzz pedal. Okay. Uh, it's like a Russian-made thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but fuzz, fuzz is this is. Well, okay, to, to understand fuzz, let's go back to distortion. Um, distortion is just kind of that gritty tone that, that a lot of guitar music has. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's just kind of... Uh, so, first of all, before we get into distortion or fuzz or anything, the electric guitar yeah. is creating a signal, yeah. right? Uh -huh. And you have the option to either like put that signal straight into an amp and that just is going to amplify that sound. Yeah. Right? And, and my guitar just through my amp sounds like this. And we call that clean. Okay. And then if I was to turn on distortion, it's that gritty, it's that gritty sound you hear in a lot of guitar music, it would sound like this. And I think that's a familiar, you know, it's a familiar sound. Mm -hmm. um, fuzz is, is different. Um, 
you know, the, the same passage of music with a fuzz pedal on instead sounds like this. like it's um it's funny what i the picture that i see in my mind is that sort of like the clean tone is is like a, a single copper wire and then distortion is sort of like like surrounding that thing like it's all this stuff around it and then fuzz is sort of like just almost like a wall it's like it's kind of goes three-dimensional. It's sort of like uh, distortion in three dimensions or something. Anyway, I mean, I don't know. That's how it kind of strikes me. That's interesting. I always yeah. think of uh, I always think of fuzz as being like um, as as being like sort of uh, like like rich mm-hmm. and thick, mm-hmm. right? And almost yeah, kind of frothy. Yeah, frothy. It's almost like uh, whipped cream coming out of yeah. the can. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or. Um, like, what if you ran into a screen door, and instead of the screen door popping off, you just went through the screen door and split <laughs> into a million small pieces? Right. That's what it. That's what yeah. it sounds like to me. Yeah, and funny. It's funny too because distortion sounds dirty. Yeah. And fuzz doesn't sound dirty. Yeah. Fuzz sounds like, like it just fills up a lot more space, and it's more moderated in a weird way. Mm-hmm. You know, a great example of fuzz, the song that a lot of us are familiar with, is is just. Um, that song by the Smashing Pumpkins today. Mm. It's a great, great example of how that tone is used. You know, she mentioned in the interview that uh, uh, Eva mentioned that it complements her voice. Well, she's got sort of like a shrill voice. Mm -hmm. And Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins does too. Yeah, he totally does. Um, So it's sort of, like she said, it cuts that. Yeah. Um, So that's that's interesting. Okay, you mentioned other stuff like reverb. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people, um, a lot of lay people who are music fans, they often get the term reverb and distortion mixed up. Mm, mm-hmm. So they'll hear that dirty tone of a guitar come on and they'll be like, "Oh, I love the reverb in this part." Mm-hmm. Well, that's not that's not what um that's not what distortion or reverb is. You know, reverb is reverb is like if you're in a big church mm-hmm. and you shout something out and you hear your voice kind of wash through the building. Yeah, is reverb that sound? That, is that what uh, Edge does on Joshua Tree? Is he using reverb? No, that's different. That's good. What is that? Let's get into that. Okay. okay. Like, let's just take my voice right now, for instance. Like, right now, you're just hearing um, reverb in my voice. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I'm in a, in a big hall or an airplane hangar or a church. Mm-hmm. And then what you're talking about is different than reverb. It's delay. Ah. And right now, and right my, now voice my voice is being, is being delayed. 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 delayed, delayed, delayed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the um, the edge uses that in his guitar, mm-hmm. and you you could take something like um, if if I kind of just made up this phrase with clean guitar.
And if you took that, you if you took that same, um, if you took that same phrase from before, mm-hmm. and you added delay, mm-hmm. like the edge would, mm-hmm. you get this, you get this sort of uh, more beefier sort of added layer. like a carbon copy played back at you rather than just an uh, echoey wash in a big hall so is, is this like with with delay do you actually have to dial that into your pedal yeah you say how much like you, how far apart you want them to come and how so, loud you so want how does that work when you got a drummer on stage who's drumming and they may not be actually drumming exactly like you know, because because at least when I think of you yeah. two, the way that they're using it is like yeah. it actually is kind of creating a, a counter, it's like a, like, r- it's a counter beat. Yeah, it's rhythmic. So you're going deep. The way that that would work for them, because <laughs> they have the budget, sure, is that it's all digital. Uh-huh. It's dialed into a click track. Okay. No, no pun intended. Sure. And. Um, and it's being pumped into the drummer's headphones. I see. So he's he's actually drumming to a click yeah. track, and then Edge's guitar is operating from the same click track. Mm-hmm. The same. Okay. Okay. So one more question: Is the idea of tremolo in this family of concepts? Mm, sorta. Yeah. It is. It's. It's close to these last two as far as like sort of volume and time, mm-hmm. rather than the other ones that kind of distort. Mm-hmm. Um, this it, tremolo is like if somebody you were playing guitar and somebody took the volume knob on your amp mm-hmm. and went up, down, up, down, and twisted it. While oh, you were playing interesting. It. So while you're playing, the volume is actually modulating. Yeah. So it, that that would sound like this. that's a pretty uh, fantastic introductory tour here and actually I think it ties in really well to what we're going to be talking about on our next episode. Pete, you want to yeah, give we, yeah, the we're crowd gonna, a preview? Yeah, the next week we're going to be talking about how somebody can use the, the elements of design, uh-huh. which usually we think of in terms of visual art, sure, yeah. but but uh, my, my contention is that musicians and producers and songwriters and recording engineers use the elements of design that we think of for visual arts in creating, um, uh, uh, you know, s- uh, sonic, uh, landscapes and, mm-hmm. and, um, songs like sonic compositions. And, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so we're going to sort of delve into that on the next episode. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Sounds great. All right. See you next time, Matt. So long, Pete. See everybody. Bye-bye. Click Track Podcast is made by Pete Gidlin and Matt Silas. If you like this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to check out the other music podcast we make. It's called The Musical Moment. <laughs>